Do you hate to listen to the sound of your voice, especially in a playback? Well, you're not alone. And today, I'm going to share the truth with you. Do you sound like you sound in your head to us? Or do you sound like you sound in the recording? We're gonna look at science, physiology, research, and psychology of the voice when it comes to not liking your voice. I think you're gonna like this episode and I don't want you to miss a minute. Welcome to Captivate the Room with your host, internationally known voice expert, Tracy Goodwin, an award-winning speaker who has taught hundreds around the globe to make a big impact with their voice. This podcast is for anyone who wants to step onto a bigger stage, make a bigger impact, and have a voice that makes people listen. Presentation matters, and the voice is the missing link. Join in and you'll see why. Welcome everyone. So happy to have you with me today as always. And I've got a great episode for you today, a new topic that I haven't talked about before. Why you don't like your voice. And I'm going to, I've got some data here that I'm going to be looking down at. I'm going to read you some of the statistics and not not necessarily, well, it is some statistics, but some data based on some research studies that were done, not my studies. I want to talk about what technique says, what science says, and what psychology of the voice says. And I've not talked about this from the perspective, psychology of the voice, from the perspective of why you don't like your voice. Quick reminder, CaptivateTheRoom.com forward slash voice retreat. No, not voice retreat, virtual retreat. As soon as I said that, my brain went, what? Virtual retreat. I hope you'll join me for the day. Let's get your foundation reset so that you can make the impact you want with your message out in the world. Still a couple of spots left, not many. Get over there right now. You will be coached by me all day. We're going to get you some solid footing going into 2024. If you've got that foundation set, that's really the problem. Is the wrong foundation is creating all the problems that you're dealing with in relation to People aren't listening to you, or you don't sound interesting, or you're not making the sales, or the team doesn't do what you need them to do. If you want to get more of what you want faster, join me for this event. I hope you'll be there. Okay, let's look at this. I will say this all the time when I'm teaching to people, especially when I'm working with people talking about, well, I don't know all the things and I'm scared they're going to ask me something about this and I'm not going to know. And I always give reference to the physiological components of voice. Do I know them? Absolutely. Did I learn them? You better believe it. I spent years in this realm. Have I taught it? For sure. The first part of my career was teaching this. If you ask me today, could I nail it? No. And I would tell you that. I would tell you that in an owned perspective. This is where I'm going to go with this right now. 
but I need you to know I have not taught this in 20 years. This is not my area of focus or expertise. That's one of the reasons why I want to have this data on hand because I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to guess at anything. I just don't do that. You know me, I don't do that. So here's a couple of the things that the article says around the reason why you don't like your recorded voice. And then, of course, the article talks about how you can change it. I believe this study came out of Harvard. The researchers at Mass, which is probably Massachusetts, Eye and Ear, a Harvard teaching hospital, here's the tee up on it, were asked, they asked people to listen to their own voices on a recording. 58% of the surveyed subjects said they didn't like listening to themselves. 39% found the sound of their voice voices troubling in normal, non-recorded conversation as well. So it's not just in recordings. I need to make a note. I don't want to forget to tell you, I know I've told you this before, why I don't like my people listening back. And the reason that I don't like my people listening back is because of the psychology of the voice reason around not liking your voice. Okay. Let me give you a little bit more about this, this article, because I think it's really good. It was clearly a really good study. This also has some data in it. In a recent survey of 1,500 people, half, half said that hearing their recorded voice was so harmful to their mental well-being that they would change it if they could. And I see this a lot. I see people dislike their voice a lot. I'd love to know, do you dislike your voice? Do you dislike it when you hear it? Do you dislike it on a recording? Let's talk about what's really going on because they do sound different. It says somewhere here in the article, and I love this, it says something to the effect of, I would love to tell you that the way you perceive you are sounding is the way we are receiving your sound? Yeah, no. The way we're receiving your sound, that sound you don't like in the recording, that's what you really sound like. And I just did an episode recently on, I know I talked a lot about perception and reception, and it was in the, it was in the case study and what you want us to hear. So we're really talking about perception and reception again here today. But I love that because it's true. Now, I've been talking about perception, reception forever, because I know what you think you hear and what you think you sound like, you sound different. It, this gets a little muddy because in relation to your recorded voice, what you hear in your recorded voice is what we hear. That is truly what you sound like. So why is it that in your head, you sound so good? Well, part of it is air conduction and bone conduction. And this is where I want to read it straight from the page. This is resonance. You maybe have heard me talk about resonance, but anything super technical, you don't hear me talk about anymore. And I can change the resonance with psychology of the voice. 
So you're not going to really hear me talk about it from a technical perspective. We need to change your resonance. But that's that's what's creating the bridge in the sound. So you hear yourself through both air conduction and through bone conduction. Tricia Ashby Scabus, Senior Director of Audiology Practices at the American Speech Language Hearing Association in Rockville, Maryland. That's who they're, there's a lot of different people that they're referencing in this article. You hear yourself through bone, through both air conduction and through bone conduction. As a result, you hear a deeper, fuller, pleasing sound to your voice. When you hear a recording of your voice, however, you're only hearing yourself through air conduction, so you lose that internal deep sound quality. Air conduction uses the pinna, the external part of the ear, ear canal, tympanic membrane, eardrum, and ossicles, tiny bones inside the ear, to amplify your voice while bone conduction transmits the vibration of the sound of your voice to the inner ear and from one ear to the other. So it's that's what resonance is. It's how my sound is vibrating against my bones is basically how I would teach it. They, obviously, this is their area of expertise. They dive in even deeper. All right, so internally, your voice will have a lower tone. But on a recording where air alone carries the sound, it's going to have a higher frequency. For one thing, that's the main thing, is the higher frequency. But that is what you sound like. That is how we're receiving your sound. This is where I jumped down and got myself confused a minute. And because I thought, wait a minute, I'm about to say something wrong. If you listen to a recording of your voice, that is Absolutely what the rest of the world is hearing, says Matthew R. Nonheim, a physician and surgeon at Massachusetts Eye and Ear, an assistant professor of Otolera, I don't know how to say this word, taller. I can't say this word, basically ear doctoring, head and neck surgery, Otolorology. That is a hard one for me for some reason. This is at Harvard Medical School. So that's the scientific reason behind why, primarily. A lot of people don't like their voice because it, but here are the two main things that I hear. It's a higher pitch and it's nasal. Well, guess what nasal is? It's an extreme high pitch. It's a point of placement. And a point of placement is in psychology of the voice where your subconscious is sending your sound to. A lot of times I'll work with people and I'll go, huh, your sound is split. I can hear it split. I can see the split. And they'll say, what does that mean? They're all alarmed. And I'll say it splits and falls through your jaw and goes up through your nose. And that is a protection mechanism, just like a higher register is typically a protection mechanism because you get a a, a little higher up here when you're unsure, you're trying to be liked or you don't know. Those are the two main reasons that I hear people say they don't like their voice. And that is what this is addressing. But I also hear people say things like, I sound boring. 
I don't sound captivating. I speak too fast. I speak too slow. Things like that, that I plug into the voice experience. Those are the main things that I hear from people about not liking their voice. Let me see if there's, let me see if there's anything else in here that I highlighted that I wanted to share with you. Here they break down why you don't, why you don't like it. And it's exactly what I'm about to tell you with psychology of the voice. We've got this internal situation that we're dealing with. But in psychology, this is what Chloe Carmichael, a clinical psychologist in New York, says. In psychology, there's a there's the ideal self and then there's the actual self. The ideal self is a little bit more aspirational, and that's not a bad thing. We need to have an aspirational mindset to be healthy and functional. However, when people get confronted with reality, we realize our voice doesn't actually sound as we hear ourselves, and this can be jarring and produce insecurity. Now, the article goes on then to give what I think it, it actually distressed me greatly to hear what they suggested. And I'm not anti-medical. I'm not anti-surgery. I'm not anti any of that. And I haven't even shared with you yet what psychology of the voice says about all of this. But this is literally from the medical journals. This is from doctors. This is from surgeons. This is from people in that world. Now, I think I even pulled, I think I even pulled these things off of this article. Basically, the gist of it, let me just check here real quick. Well, one of the things that the article says is if you don't like your voice, get some help to change it. But then a lot of the help that they suggested were things like a voice lift. Here it is. I didn't even highlight it because I didn't even want to talk about it because I think it's really dramatic. Vocal cords, you can have your vocal cords pushed together. You can have vocal cord injections using collagen, gel fillers, or Botox. You can, let me see what else it says on here. Yeah, those are the two main things. Airflow exercises, additional exercises it mentions, and it gives all the side effects of having your vocal cords pushed together or injected with Botox. And you know, here's the thing. I'd like to see the long-term studies on that because I don't think that's the issue. I think that Yes, all of this is true. The the vibration against the bones, the sound being higher. But I don't think the Botox shots in the vocal cords will fix the psychology of the voice. To me, this is what's happening. And this is actually, I know I've talked about a research study that I just did that I haven't even shared the results with you with, with you yet on, but I want to tell you right now what I'm studying is the wound that we hear in our voice that we don't like. 
That is why I believe we don't like our voice because we hear the wound or wounds in that high pitch. We hear that moment when that woman said to me, you've chosen a profession in which you must suffer for your art. And if you can't, I'll replace you. And my pitch went instantly to a higher pitch. And if I hear that higher pitch in a playback, it takes me to that moment, that moment in that wound where I couldn't say no And I allowed myself to get beat up in that play over and over and over. I think you hear your voice stories. And I think you hear the wounds of the disappointments. I think you hear the insecurities. I think you hear the failures. I think you hear all the voice stories, all the character traits that aren't necessarily working for you that you don't love about yourself. You hear all the times you were silenced. You hear all the times you were never heard. You hear the insecurity that came from the time you did speak up and were decimated in the meeting. All of those wounds are sounds and you hear them when you watch that playback. That is what I think is happening. And I don't think there's any amount of Botox in your vocal cords. I don't think there is any amount of airflow exercises that is going to fix the psychology of the voice, that is going to fix the wounds, that is going to fix the fear of rejection and abandonment, judgment, that are all playing in to how you use your voice or don't. There's not enough Botox in the world for that. Plus, these side effects are horrible. I won't even read them to you. This is why we create protection, because I don't want you to hear my wounds. I don't want you to hear that I'm sad because it actually hurt my feelings when you or I felt rejected or I felt judged when you said X, Y, Z. This is why we get defensive is because of these wounds. I don't want you to hear my hurt, my pain, my suffering. So I'm going to get defensive and push this sound back at you to keep you out. These wounds create sounds, create repellence and protection. Even what I was talking about earlier with the split sound, that's protection. That is, if your sound flows directly out of the pipeline, you're going to be judged. And the subconscious is saying, we're not having that because you've been hurt before. So I'm going to split this sound. And part of that sound's going to drop through your jaw. And the other half is going to come up here and be real nasal. Because you know what happens if you're like that? Nobody will hear you. And you know what happens if nobody hears you? You're safe. You can't be judged when they don't hear you. I think that insecurity, a lot of our insecurity comes from we want to be the inside voice. We want to sound like that. We want to sound like that because that sound represents a confidence and an authority. And and the number of times that people have said to me, when I listen to it in my head, Tracy, it sounds so interesting and captivating. And then I listen to it back and it sounds like banana, 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 banana. banana. That's right. And that's what it sounds like. But that inside voice 
sounds so great that is vibrating up against the structural bones, the bones in, in your face. We don't want to believe that we sound like that one out there because that one has our wounds. That high pitch, that flatness. I don't let my people, I, I recommend to my people that they don't watch their footage back, that they don't listen, that they don't see their videos. And, and every other voice coach on earth will tell you to play it back, write down the ums, play it back, hear what, see if you sound interesting, play it back. And I don't let my people do that. And you know why? It's exactly what we're talking about. Your subconscious is not going to give you an accurate perception. Your subconscious is going to decimate what you hear. You're going to go to a place that shuts your voice down even more when you hear it because of that reality. Because just like what the article is saying, it can send people into a, a mental state when they go, oh my gosh, that's what I sound like. And people start doing things that they, that they shouldn't do. I guess it was about three years ago, maybe longer, probably four now, that one of my former clients came on the show and he talked about how he was, he was an immigrant. He came over here from, I can't remember. I think it was, well, I don't remember. He's a, he was a, a dentist and he came over here and he talked about how he was so concerned about his accent, so concerned about English as a second language, so concerned about his higher pitch that he forced his sound into a lower register and literally it was stuck there and that wasn't his real voice and it took us a little while to get him back to his real voice but that's what we do this is also why we copy people I remember and you've heard me tell this story a lot when I was working with an actress she had been sent over to me and she had a real high-pitched nasal sound and she was from New York she had a a decently thick New York accent. But she literally sounded like Fran Drescher from The Nanny with this real nasal, real nasal, high-pitched. It was really high-pitched nasal. And I'm working with her to get this sound down because that's why she was sent to me was because that sound was not working for her beautiful girl. And one day we're working on this. I'm getting that sound stuck, unstuck and out of her nose and out of the back of her throat. And she looked at me and she said, you know, I didn't always sound like this. And I said, why'd you start? And she looked at me and she said, the prettiest, most popular girl in high school sounded like this. And she mimicked her. And it doesn't take much mimicking to get something locked into the muscle memory and a story built around that habit that you've now created where you sounded gorgeous and perfect because I believe everybody's born with their true best real voice. And now you sound something like this because you thought that the story said, the voice story said, you'll be popular if you sound like that. And you did it a couple of times and then your sound 
started going to that and created a habit in the muscle memory. This is why it's an inside job and an outside job. Usually I start inside with people, but sometimes I start outside in that sound. And that sound, what's in the body can rewrite the voice story for me. But we want to have your real voice. And maybe your real voice is higher pitched. Maybe your real voice is something you copied and mimicked. Maybe your real voice is fast or slow or something that you've created that doesn't represent you. But it created a perception of false self-esteem and false confidence and self-acceptance because, well, I sound like Susan and she's really popular. So you created this illusion that doesn't represent you at all. In fact, it misrepresents you and potentially repels people that want to know you. And they get to hear you through your content. They get to hear you through your writing. They get to hear you through your ideas and methodology, but then they literally hear you and it doesn't line up. But in your mind, it's better. And it's not better. Psychology of the voice, I'm telling you, I, I just marvel at the things that are coming out today. I, I created psychology of the voice, gosh, 20 years ago. And it was so cutting edge back then. People would say to me, well, I don't think people are going to know what you're talking about. This is way before it's time. People would say that to me all the time. But now everything's catching up. And it's really about rewriting that psychology of the voice from the internal perspective and changing those external habits that are creating the protection and blocking connection and misrepresenting you with sounds that don't line up with who you really are and what you're saying. You can do technical exercises. Relax your tongue, release your jaw. Okay, but it's going to go back until we do the psychology of the voice work. And then you can set it and forget it. I've talked about this all the time. I even did an episode on this recently. Why do you want to have to be in a position where you think you have to warm up or think you have to practice a million times or, or all of this when that's not really how things work? We need to unravel the layers that are blocking your real sound from coming through because that's what's in layer seven. And I hear it. It's there. It's already there. You don't have to have somebody lay it in. It's already there. A lot of voice coaches will teach that. I have to teach you to sound good. I have to teach you to have a beautiful voice. I have to teach you your real voice. I disagree with that. I believe we have to take the six layers away of what sounds have been put in place that the world put in place, aided and abetted by your subconscious to protect you. It's already there. The voice that sounds a lot like 
that sound that is resonating in your head. And it doesn't sound like the sound you hear in the playback. Because that playback is full of everything you don't want to hear. It's full of everything you want to forget. Now, I don't know if this episode resonates with you, but I'd love for you to share your thoughts with me. I hope to see you at the virtual retreat, but that's it for today. I'm going to go ahead and wrap it up and I'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to Captivate the Room with Tracy Goodwin. You can reach out to her at CaptivateTheRoom.com and be sure to grab The Voice Formula, a free video series that will help you start making a bigger impact with your voice today. If you've enjoyed this episode, please leave a review on iTunes. 